Welcome into State Your Line, a podcast for Kansas Cityans by Kansas Cityans. We are the Ritz Brothers. Today is July 11th, and I think we're going to start with just saying thanks to our family for joining us on the podcast last week. That was such a fun show. We have, <laughs> well, we've never drank more before recording a show yeah. or during a show, but I don't think we've ever had more fun recording a show. Um, all the guests that came on. Um, everyone bringing their takes and their ideas. Um, yeah. You know, nothing better than drinking breast milk and, <laughs> um, you know, ta- yeah. having takes, spicy hot takes. Yeah, because we usually have a beer or two while we're recording, but uh, we don't usually come off the golf course yeah. having drank a bunch of Krispies and then gone to the lake, drank more, and then here we are ready to record. Yeah, right out in the sudden. sun with like everyone around us just expecting entertainment so yeah we were we were bringing it <laughs> yeah so a ton of fun uh if you haven't checked out the lake episode from last week check it out it's something a little bit different and there are just just completely different interviews than we've ever done before yeah, i guess that's the a best different way. experience and a ton of fun and and if you know our family at all um you'll understand you know kind of what's going on but even if you don't it, it was a ton of fun and we had a lot of laughs we even i mean we had a crowd mic yeah, we, had a crowd <laughs> we mic. did. We had a crowd mic. Uh, so our first live show, I, I mean, I, I liked it, had a lot of fun and got the crowd involved. So uh, thanks again to the Ritz fam for joining in uh, on that. And we're, we'll kick it off this week. Uh, actually, we won't. We usually talk Royals here to begin, but uh, we have Alec Lewis from The Athletic. Uh, later on, he's the uh, beat writer for The Athletic on the Royals. So We'll get all of our Royals talk in later, so uh, we'll start with the Chiefs. We're recording this on Tuesday, uh, and the 11-minute full audio just came out. Uh, the recording between Tyreek Hill and Crystal Espinosa, his fiance, and um, like where I am right now is uh, mostly that KCTV5 just uh, did a terrible job reporting this story i yeah I, I wouldn't even say they did a terrible job reporting it the, the story that they did a good job reporting what they wanted to get across yeah that's true what they wanted to do was make tyreek look as bad as possible and i'm again not gonna sit here and say you know what is justice what's the truth um what is true and not in in the in either the tyreek uh, child abuse case or the 2014 incident. But what is completely true is that KCTV5 edited the audio that they received in order to push a narrative that they believed. And yeah. that is... Just and a narrative that would sell the most to the public. Yeah, like, that, you know. that would get them on every single NFL mm-hmm. blog that would get, as reported by KCTV5, in every single... Um, publication out there and the NFL is it rules sports media. Mm-hmm. And so when you have KCTV five on every single sports media, um, in the country, yeah. you're going to get traffic to your website and, and you're forcing a narrative that was literally a straight up lie. Yeah. They lied uh, and they doctored, uh, audio mm-hmm. to, to, to push their lie. Yeah, and then lied why they doctored the yeah, audio. Yeah, exactly. There wasn't need I mean, that to... that was a straight-up lie. Yeah, there wasn't need to cut out what was in between. It wasn't so sensitive or 
uh, irrelevant. Yeah, not to, at all. It was very relevant to everything. And, and I feel like I'm a very level-headed person for people who know me. And it takes a lot for me to actually be outraged about something or to overreact to something. And the way they told this story, uh, for me, it was, okay, I'm done with Tyreek. Kick him off the team. Yeah. Kick him out of the league. Yeah. And I, I think that's how a lot of people felt because that's how the story was told. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think, I can't remember the woman for KCTV5. but Angie Racona. Yeah, Angie Racona. She's an award-winning journalist. And, and so it's yeah. shocking that... Uh, she would omit so much from it just to skew the story the way she wanted it to, or the way she saw it to be. Yeah. I mean, a journalist, a journalist is give me everything, to remove themselves right. from the situation, and present the facts, and as, then let me make the are. decision exactly on the facts the way they are. Exactly, and, and, and that's not how it was. The exact opposite of what happened, and yeah, I mean, we this podcast is meant to be fun, and we'll have a lot of fun later on, but. That's just like one of the worst offenses that I've seen in in journalism. Now that we're because we're in journalism, yeah, oh yeah, (laughs) yeah. huge media guys, yeah. But I mean, I like taking hard stances, and I like um, you know having you know my friends always say you know I've got a strong opinion about everything, and Mm -hmm. and as far as where the truth is, like domestic violence cases are almost always he said she said. So to to say. What happened in 2014 and to say, you know, for certain after this, what happened in March or April of this year when the police mm-hmm. were called to Tyreek's house to say what you, the actual truth is from that, it would be impossible to say. We don't know what happened. Yeah. Yet. But what we do know is that it's a lot less clear cut than it was before. Mm-hmm. And that's because KCTV5 lied and omitted yeah audio and doctored audio to make it seem one way as opposed to another yeah and this still doesn't make me feel like uh tyree kill is a uh a good a, like a good boyfriend mm-hmm. like it was a toxic relationship uh i mean he put his hands on her i i, I believe that yeah uh i he disciplines his kids in a way that i never I would, would. Never. And, and, and most people wouldn't but Probably the way he was disciplined. Yeah. So again, it, it's, it's a very gray area. And, and, and I think where everyone should have the right to be upset is with the, the way it was reported that we didn't get the whole story yeah, absolutely. to come to our own conclusions. Not that I'm able to come to a conclusion yet. Cause yeah. it's still murky and. Uh, but, but yeah, it's just a, just a, um, well, a great job of reporting by Angie Racono to accomplish making people feel what she wanted them to feel mm-hmm. but as yeah, far as did. um as far as straight up lying uh, yeah that's what that's what she did yeah so uh i mean that's where we're at at the tyreek again we're, we're you've probably this. at this point you've probably seen or heard the full 11 minute audio so mm-hmm. so we're, we're not going to go through line by line but you know therese paler who is the, probably the best NFL writer out there and he's a Kansas City guy has a story on it Sam Mellinger who is a I think a very level-headed guy and a good writer will have a story on it so read that and listen to the audio yourself um but that was my takeaway from it yeah I think so too and and that's probably the most serious journalism we've ever yeah. done on yeah. this but I mean it's something that everyone here in Kansas City is talking about uh, and we wanted to touch on it too other than that I mean we have no idea what's going to happen. Therese Paler yeah. said it too. He He's like, I have no idea what the outcome's going to be. Yeah. And we're not going to sit here and pretend and speculate no. like we do. 
Uh, so, because that just wouldn't be smart. Yeah. Because we have I guess no idea. For when we're serious, come here for the mild takes. Yes. When we're drunk at the lake, come here for the spicy yeah, takes. Exactly. Um, all right. So that's what we'll wrap up um, with the Tyreek news. Um, you know, again, this is Tuesday. So who knows what could change tomorrow? Yeah. Oh, or boy. Thursday. We could have, like, be eating crow. Oh, by Thursday. we could be big time. <laughs> uh, definitely. But um, let's move into openings and closings. Uh, let's start with openings and uh, zombies apocalypse coming to Kansas City. Let's get it. Yeah. Did you know? I uh, so so. There's a new um, uh, full immersion experience where it's basically laser tag against people, human yes. beings dressed yeah. as zombies. It looks like 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 a haunted actors. It looks like it like a haunted house so. type of experience where there's actors. It's not just like pop up. Uh, like on a spring-loaded mm-hmm. thing. It's actors that walk at you, and you're in laser tag gear, but more serious laser tag. They say it's the um, the laser tag that the SWAT team uses when they're oh, training. Oh, wow. Okay. So like in that those Brooklyn Nine-Nine episodes. Yeah. And, the, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you walk through this, and you... Uh, and you shoot the zombies with laser tag stuff. That's pretty cool. It's on the seventh floor of the Union Station. I don't even know Union Station had a seventh floor. I have floor. no idea how many floors it has. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you could tell me like 12, 13. I guess if they count the ones below. Yeah. Uh, but it does look really cool. It reminds me of basically like kind of like Nazi zombies come mm-hmm. to life. One of my favorite. Like I never got into Call of Duty video, video games, but Nazi zombies was one I could always get to lo- get behind. And it seems like it's something bringing that to life. Which, oh, it's on the sixth and seventh yeah, floors. Yeah, two floors. And you can play it one time for $27, or you can play it twice for $40. Any idea how long it will take to I get through the maze? I don't know how long it will okay. take to get through the maze. Uh, but, but it's I called mean, Survive Kansas City. Yeah, and you can go with a group of friends and all play together. And uh, But yeah, sounds like a ton of fun. Mm-hmm. Dude, I don't know. I don't think it looks I, dude, good. it looks like a lot of fun. No, like, the imagine, videos. Okay, you're gonna tell me that the, you wouldn't have fun playing adult laser. Dude, tag. it'd be like one of those things where you adult laser tag when you're like running around. But I feel like it'd be like one of those things where you would walk in and then like shoot the zombie and be like, okay, and then have to walk like 20 more feet and be like, boom, boom, boom. Be like, oh, okay. Uh, but, like laser tag is like. You're running on the ground. You're running back to recharge, and then you're running back to your spot. Like that's way more fun. But like walking in a straight line through, t- what it sounds it's like realistic is a haunted house. That's what it sounds like. They should just convert a haunted house to well, laser tag and zombie. Yeah, that's I mean, better. I don't idea. know. No, I think this is going to be huge, open, and just a true zombie apocalypse. Right. And I'm, I'm definitely there for it. Uh, what else we got opening is uh, Jay Rieger is opening up. A uh, new distillery down in the East Bottoms. Huge, huge. Distillery. 60,000 square foot. Yes. I, 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 that's huge. And uh, they're rebranding the East Bottoms as Electric Park. Uh, it used to be known as that uh, early 19th, 20, early 20th century. Early 20th, sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I think that building used to be a huge brewery, too. Yeah, it was called uh, Haim or Heim, Heim brewery. brewery. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, again... Uh, Jay Rieger um, revamping a part of town that um, didn't have business coming there. And I've, um, we're actually going to have Andy Rieger on the show um, once this all kind of cools off. This is opening on Friday. Um, so tomorrow, if you're listening to this on Thursday. Um, uh, but so he, he's pretty busy right now, but he's going to come on the show in, um, in August to talk about it a little bit more. But, but yeah, I think it's really cool what they're doing down in the East Bottoms, and uh, 
I'm, I'm looking forward. Yeah, It'll definitely you, be I, on my, what did I try this week? I know. I hope that it just brings more business and development. You know, Knuckleheads is down there. Uh-huh. Uh, they used to have, what was it, Pig Witch? Local Pig. Local Pig. Yeah, but they uh, moved. They moved out. Uh, but it's a part of town that needs to be revived. Uh, it's going to have a big lounge, the Monogram Lounge, on the second floor with a 40-foot slide down to the first floor, which that sounds again like Instagrammable. A, very fun. So Instagrammable right <laughs> yeah. there. And there's gonna be so many Instagram stories of like boomerangs people coming oh, out of the yeah. slide. Oh, I didn't think and, of doing a boomerang off that. Oh yeah. Oh, that's oh, a yeah. great idea. Uh and then because it used to be a brewery, Casey Beerco is uh collaborating with them to create a beer, I think, to be served there. Yeah. I mean, you got to have more than just whiskey. Yeah. And yeah, or people will leave there in body bags. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, they um, Casey Beerco is partnering with them, creating a, a Heim or Haim beer mm-hmm. named after the brewery that was there before. Yeah. Which is really cool. Again, we were talking about craft breweries um, collaborating, and this is just another example of collaboration in Kansas City. Yeah. They have something called... Uh, the cocktail bar is called the Hey 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 Club, and I don't know if this like is a misprint. Royals? Yeah, because it's Hey 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 Hey. It's four Hays, not three Hays. Theirs is three Hays. Theirs is three Hays. So I don't know if it's a misprint by the Kansas City Star or or they messed up or yeah. they didn't mean it. Or Hey me. Hey Hey is something There's, else. Yeah, something else. We don't but even like know about. Royals Twitter, they always say Hey 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 yeah. Hey from the. Beatles, Fats Domino, yeah. Beatles, Beatles song, Kansas City. Hey, 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 hey. Right. Uh, it's called. I mean, it's described as dark and swanky. <laughs> and uh, I just, uh, I wonder. Hopefully, they got some food there. But I'm just again thinking about craft beer and whiskey all day, and just population toot town leaving there. That's me. Mm. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, everything, Dude. everything coming out of me is going to be dark and swanky. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I'll, I'll stop there. <laughs> uh, so that is what's opening, uh, you know, in the near future here this week. Uh, and what's closing, we're going to have to pour a beer out here because uh, it's been around for a while is Californos. Yeah, Californos shut its doors um, kind of earlier in uh, in May, basically. But their final day in the building was June 30th. I love Californos. I went there every St. Patrick's Day for the last um, since I've graduated college, basically, and um, it was it was a fun spot for St. Patrick's Day. I've been to a couple weddings there, um, but yeah, it's just a bummer. It's been there for a long time. I know the shooting that occurred there in 2017, mm-hmm. or 2018, definitely didn't help, um, and and then it was kind of just downhill from there. But I loved what the owner said. The owner was interviewed in the Kansas City Star, and he said, "We want to be remembered." Um, for basically for how it how we want to be known for not how it ended but all the memories that were made beforehand because i think the owner kind of acknowledged that it didn't have a great ending but there was a lot of memories made in kansas city Mm -hmm. and um that's how we will be remembered is for all the great things yeah it's one of those things that i discovered too late that back patio oh yeah i just didn't know about all the different levels and steps that you could hang out on. And that was just something that I, I didn't know about for way too long and only hung out there a couple of times. But a really cool place. Uh, been around forever. So sad to see its doors closed. But, I mean, I guess it's a prime real estate. Something's yeah, I would think so. I hope something really cool comes in. Mm-hmm. Um, because, yeah, they've got an insane patio that's like nothing else in KC, like mm-hmm. you said, with the levels. And there's plenty of opportunity there. 
Yeah, definitely. So that's openings and closings. That'll do it for the front half. Like I said, we have Alec Lewis uh, from The Athletic on uh, for this next interview. So What's The Athletic, have? The Athletic is... I was actually trying to describe this to a friend at work. Yeah. And I said it was uh, like Sports Illustrated on the internet. Yeah. Because it's a subscription. Yeah. So, so you, it's a it's a sports website yeah. that you subscribe to. So you pay a monthly fee. Yeah. And then there are no ads. Mm-hmm. So like going to ESPN.com these days is brutal. And I mean, hate to put down the Kansas City Star, but going to the Kansas City Star these days is brutal because it's just ads. banner ads, banner ads, fake news not fake news, but like those those little yeah. clickable links. Hey, on the side. here's 15 things you didn't know about Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, like, or, or like yeah. you know Brad Pitt's back with Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. Like check this uh, out. But the Athletics is a cool site. They have uh, there's none of those there's ads. No ads. They have uh, local writers for each city. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have some really big name writers, um, especially in baseball, football. Yeah, uh, they've recruited a lot of people to come yeah. over there and. And uh, it seems to be growing where ESPN.com and other uh, Sports Illustrated are laying off writers. The Athletic is hiring writers, mm-hmm. and it's it's good quality stuff. Yeah, so it's an interesting business model with all their content being behind a paywall. But, I mean, Danny and I, we split an account. and uh, no, no, just kidding, Alec. Oh. <laughs> we do not split an account. But, we each pay yeah. <laughs> for our own account, Alec. Do not and I think that. it's like... I want to say like four or five bucks a month. I think it's four ninety nine a month. Yeah. Um, so great deal. I would you know recommend subscribing to it if you're a if you're Royals a Chiefs or, Chiefs or Royals fan. fan it's uh, almost a must subscribe. Yeah, exactly. So uh, that's who we have, Alec Lewis, and we'll kick it to the interview. All right, today we are joined uh, by Alec Lewis. He covers the Kansas City Royals for the Athletic, and so Alec, I guess where we can start this is. Uh, maybe a little bit about your background and you can start either at Mizzou or, or Alabama where you're from and how you came to be really the beat writer for the Royals. Yeah, no, I thank you guys first for <laughs> you're, having you're me. You're welcome. Um, yeah. I really appreciate it. I'm excited to be here. These offices are nicer than, I mean, I don't have one, so I yeah. guess they're nice. <laughs> no, but no, my background, I'm from Alabama, grew up in Birmingham, born and raised. My parents were from Birmingham, um, and my dad and my mom didn't know much about sports until I came along. No, I think my dad grew up watching sports and I grew up playing everything. They're literally Bama fans, I assume. Bama fan. Yeah. Like my dad loves Alabama, but he always, he says, he'll be like, I don't really care. We've won. But then he'll, he'll be watching in front of the TV. You're like, okay, he really, really cares. <laughs> my mom. It's in his blood. Yeah. My mom, I think, kind of sometimes sides with Auburn. I think she's more of an underdog person, which I respect. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I grew up going every Saturday to those Alabama and Auburn games. I was, I remember the year Cam Newton won the Heisman. I think I went to four Auburn games that year and kind of caught the bug. Um, but no, I grew up playing sports. I loved um, college football, basketball. I played basketball, soccer, tennis, golf. I can name everything. Yeah. I tried out for my high school's team, Mountain Brook High School. I tried out for, I think, seven teams from middle school to high school. Did not make one of them. <laughs> yes. And at that point, nobody had to tell me. I'm like pretty aware. Okay, like this probably isn't my future. I am not gonna be the next Whit Merrifield. So, um, yeah, that's what led to covering the Royals for the athletic back in March. So Rustin Dodd had, had, had he, I mean, he had wanted to 
moved to New York and the, the athletic had kicked around a bunch of ideas and ended up the same editor who I worked with covering Mizzou was like the Kansas city editor. So he ended up calling me one day, I think in February or March. And he's like, Hey, uh, we, we might have a, like you could contribute covering some Royal stuff, maybe some chiefs. And I obviously seen what Patrick Mahomes had done and yeah, like yeah. my eyes start to get starry eyed. Yeah. Um, and he was like, but look, you'd have to start in March. And like, I'm finishing up school. My parents are like, I mean, I'm not a student. My parents could tell you <laughs> they had to be on me, my dad, every week. So have you studied? I'm like, uh, kind of like I this writing for me was like my thing. And that's what I wanted to do. And that's what I was driven to do. So that was my prime focus, mm -hmm. right or wrong. I don't know yeah. if that is, was the right approach. But um, the athletic came. They were like, look, we'd want you to start in March, which was – I mean, that was going to yeah. be a lot. I was going to give up again my last three months, essentially, of like going out on the weekends, being with mm -hmm. friends. I mean, this mm -hmm. it was like not the easiest thing. Um, but I ended up taking the job. I skipped a week of school, went down to Surprise, Arizona, and met pretty much every player in the clubhouse. And it kind of just has gone from there. It's been a whirlwind. I have not been home since I graduated. I yeah. haven't really had much of a break, but I love it. I mean, I, this has been awesome. The Royals have not put the best product on the field, but yeah. it is okay. So no. let's get into the into the Royals a little bit. Um, who who are the Royals this year? Like, what is their team identity? It's funny because I've tried to think about it a lot, and I, I assume that's a story that people want to hear. Like, who are the Royals this year? What what are they? It's a very good question. Again, good, good question. Thank wow. you. All right. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's the typical like athlete response when they're thinking of the answer. Okay, okay. Even Ned Yost will do this sometimes. When he says that's a good question, you start to think like, is he just trolling me? Like, yeah, how, probably. How does that work? <laughs> um, but I mean, who are the Royals this year? They're a team that is in the midst of a of a major rebuild. It's yeah. there's no. There's no way around that, and it's mm. it's unfortunate. Even Ned Yo said, and I we haven't written about this. You probably haven't seen this very much, like publicly. But the other day we had a like little we have our beat writer meeting um, in Ned Yo, Ned Yo's office before the games. And it's me, Jeff Flanagan at MLB.com, uh -huh. Lynn Worthy at the Kansas City Star. Just us three. We have a writers meeting. This is a very like retro way to do yeah, it. Yeah, so for, old school for managers. Um, like he doesn't want the camera. It's kind. Of, I think it for him. It's kind of like a preparation to get the kinks out of his yeah, day. Yeah. Um, but Jeff Flanagan asked Ned, he was like, look, like what, how, what has this been like? What's the major goal for you this year? And Ned was very honest and he's 64 years old. He's on a one year contract. He's like, look, like we want to win a world series. We do. Obviously that's, that's the answer. Mm -hmm. He knows they're not going to do that this year. Like, obviously yeah. they're not going to do it next year, but for Kansas city, which is the market that it is, to do that, they have to kind of start at the bottom with developing talent, bring that talent up. Hopefully that talent stays healthy and develops how it sh how they expect it to develop. And then you get a group of guys like the Royals had in 2015 that, that can compete at the highest level, that know how to win, and again, have talent that, that you can't buy because you're Kansas City. So again, it's tough for everybody. It's tough for the fans. It's often tough for writers. It's hard for yeah. me to have a conversation with a lot of these guys in the clubhouse when they're mad that they're losing. They're yeah. never trying to lose. I think that's another misconception. It's like, God, why would they do this in the bullpen if they're try like if they're trying to win? Like they've led, I think, at least like probably 
three-fifths of the games this year at some point. They have had a lead in those games. I know that's three-fifths. I don't and yeah, and it's frustrating and it's hard to watch and you don't want to watch it, but it's just part of, of where these Royals are at, and it's just part of the situation. There's nothing you can do about it, but just hope that the talent that you've drafted, the talent that you've signed, stays healthy and develops how you would expect them to. I think that's the only way out of this, and I keep coming back to it, but it's frustrating for everybody. Yeah. That, the identity is a frustrating team that's trying to push through in, in a time where – you're just not expected to push through and be at the very top. Yeah, I think I think what is frustrating too is you see that there are some legit talents on this team. You look at the top half of the order. Uh, you know, you're not even too upset about the starting pitching, but there are some really good players on this team. But but we're still so bad. And I think uh, when you look at what Dayton Moore has done since the World Series, like I look at it, if if Dayton Moore, let's say he was hired on. January 1st, 2016, right after the World Series. Like, would he still have a job today? They've been so bad, and he's made a lot of not very good decisions that haven't worked out. You take a World Series team, and and now we're, you know, have the second-worst record in franchise history at the All-Star break. Yeah, no, it, I mean, it is tough. I feel like some of that has to fall on him because whenever you ask, why is Dayton Moore still the general manager, people just say, well, look at the ring, and it's like, well, let's say that didn't he doesn't have it. You know, look at what he's done in the past four years. Here would be my response to that. I think that would that would make sense. If you look around the league and the team in the organizations that are really, really struggling, one to me kind of jumps out and, and it's the Mets. I mean, that's that's a team that was expected to be kind of on the bubble and yeah, they're of, the of, Mets, right? They are the Mets. <laughs> they are. And, and that's part of it. But the dysfunction that you've seen in that organization, there have been reports of I mean, obviously, journalists infighting with coaches. There Vargas, have been, yeah. There has been a manager <laughs> I'm that— I'm sure you took that very personally. I mean, <laughs> Vargas, these are my people. Right. Like, this, this is an attack yeah. against one is attacking an attack against Yeah, all. imagine Brad Keller, like, <laughs> looking at you, being like, hey, I'm going to fuck you up. Like, <laughs> well, Brad is— Brad, I mean, yeah. I, a big Brad dude. would never—Brad is huge, dude, but Brad's, like, the nicest man in the world. He would come in this office and give you all, like, an hour and a half. So just reach out to his agent. I'm sure he'll get back to you. Um, <laughs> but, like, if you look at the Mets— back to that i like the gm it, there was a report the other night that the gm like threw a chair in the manager's office yeah. and, like mm-hmm. and and that's an organization that obviously you could see the leadership has very is is not really exists it's not evident the leadership yeah. in that organization whereas you look at a team like the royals this year and again they weren't supposed to be very good they haven't been good at all they've been, again you mentioned it they're on pace for the second worst record in franchise history. But the one thing that you can say is there haven't been any private meetings with teams and man with players and managers or GMs. There haven't been any frustrations in the clubhouse. I've never seen, I mean, yes, after games, the players are frustrated. You'll see some like tossing of a glove or something, but Mm -hmm. like there have not been any internal, there hasn't been any internal strife between the, the management the team, the players, and that says a lot to me about the leadership in your organization. Absolutely, yeah. and and I know like that's like saying, well, he's a good guy, but they're not winning. Like people at the beginning of Barry Odom's tenure at Missouri was like, yeah, he's a great guy, but he's just not getting it done. Yeah. Even Kim Anderson, they're like, oh, he's an awesome mm-hmm. guy. And so sometimes that just doesn't cut it. But I I do think like with Dayton Moore, these last two drafts, they have selected 
talent that that I think a lot of analysts, draft analysts, have been impressed by. Now, again, it's like winning the lottery. Are these guys going to stay healthy? Are yeah. they going to develop how the scouts project them to develop? Is Bobby Witt Jr. going to be Alex Rodriguez? Like, you just... It's like winning the lottery in that sense. So to Dayton Moore, to the point about Dayton Moore, I mean, I think you you have to constantly analyze people in positions of his stature, which mm-hmm. I think I and the other beat writers do it every day. The thing I will say is, I mean, look, they were never supposed to be good this year. And so I guess if, if fans saw a team that was on pace to win 75, 80 games, they might be a little happier. It's like, wow, we're winning. We're doing well. Mm-hmm. But then you're picking – midway through the first round and you're not getting the high-end talent that that you probably need to win a world series so uh, to in a way it's like you'd almost rather lose more now to win more later and i know that's obviously an optimist way of looking at it but with Kansas, you're never going to be able to buy talent so that's kind of how it it Mm. has to work again you have to draft correctly and develop the players well to get to that point but that to me that's that's how I see Dayton Moore right now and, and this organization. I mean, I get frustrations. I get when people say Ned Yost should be fired. But I always come back to the fact that, like, these guys are collective as a unit. They're bought into Ned Yost. They're bought into Dayton Moore's vision. Even Whit Merrifield, a guy who isn't doesn't have the greatest contract, is performing better than he's ever performed, he's still bought into these guys. He says that publicly. His family has told me that. Um, and I think that just says a lot about the respect that – the organization has for Dayton Moore and and Ned Yost. Yeah. Can we expect Alex Gordon to retire after this year? What's the future of Alex Gordon with this team? I mean, I think it, it depends on – I think as of right now, you look at a guy who has had a pretty good year. I think it's been he, – he began the year um, – Relative. Pretty good year. Right, pretty good year relatively. To what he's had since he signed Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like he's not blowing away <laughs> numbers and other yeah. players. But, I mean, he's had a pretty good year. I think for him, it's all up to whether – how he sees his future. Does he want to stay in baseball? Does he is want there to... a sense around the locker room of, of what he's going to do? Do guys talk about it? Is is there anything that you've heard? I mean, from what I've heard is is Alex is enjoying playing right now, and I think he'll decide at the end of the year. I don't think he wants to play anywhere else as of right now from what I've heard. I mean, I think he sees himself as a Kansas City guy, which I think Kansas City people have to really respect. Yeah. In this day and age, how often is it you see a guy stick with one organization and embrace it the way he has? But I think, I mean, look, he is he's up there in age, obviously, and he's had a year at which, like, look, does he want to go through this again another year? Does he have two years down the road to, like, keep playing for the rebuild? So I think this year would kind of make sense if he were to do that, unless for him something shifts and there's this internal fire that he wants to win another but mm-hmm. as of right now from everything i've heard from the people i've talked to it appears as if like this is kind of the the wrapping point and he's not a guy who's going to be like get wanting the attention every yeah. day of yeah, him the victory tra- lap right. the yeah. tour, right. like yeah. that's just not alex gordon so mm-hmm. i think that's why you asked the question because you just don't hear much about yeah. it because- and he's the type of guy in interviews who just gives the the athlete you know Co- yeah the player response. speak yeah, player speak exactly. that's yeah he's great at it. he's yeah. he's an exceptional um speaker in that <laughs> yeah sense. yeah and then you know going off of again uh talking about you know Alex Gordon's future I think we start to think a lot about Ned's future too you t- you said he's sixty four he's on a one year contract what's the succession plan look like for Ned because we might not know when it is but but what's that going to look like are they going to be internally 
looking for someone? Is it a guy like Matheny who's in the front office right now? What is your sense on a secession plan for Ned? I don't – I mean, the Matheny thing I know people have spoken about. I have not heard anything like substantial evidence to mm-hmm. point at which that's mm-hmm. that's the plan. But I think if you look at Dayton Moore and what he is committed to and his values, it, it would appear to me – as if he probably sees the best option in terms of look locally, internally. Yeah. Um, but as far as Ned goes, I mean, the other day he was talking about, um, I mean, what what keeps him going every day this year? And it's Solaire's production. It's Montessi's development, which you could argue and talk about. Mm-hmm. It's Witt's progression still. Um, I mean, you can look at Brad Keller. It's been an up and down year, but he, I mean, he's shown flashes that he'd shown last year. And there are other guys that I think Ned points to in terms of like, this is what I'm proud of and what keeps me going mm-hmm. every day this year. I mean, look, Ned 64, um, he's on a one year deal. I think for him, it, does he want to go through this again? I don't know if, if he, re- I mean, I think he genuinely enjoys being in the clubhouse around these guys every day. Yeah. Does he I, enjoy being around you every day? I yeah. think he does. I t- like, have you had that Ned moment yet? I feel like you've, we've seen some with either Rustin or I really uh, Andy in the past. Um, I'm trying to think of a recent something maybe, but there was a moment I was I went to a series in Chicago and I asked him about Solaire and he was like, why are you asking me that? And I was like, because like, that's my job. Like, that's kind of what yeah. I'm, and he's like, but why are you asking me that? And I was like, I like, what does he want me to say right now? He's like, here, let me tell you why you're asking that. I'm like, wait, but how does he know how, what I, why <laughs> I'm doing asking. this for a little bit longer? Yeah, yeah. No, but I, the thing I tell people, like even my dad will be like, God, how's it been working with Ned? I, I find him like absolutely hilarious. I enjoy every meeting that we have with him. Um, he says something every time. The other day, Cody Tapp, who who's on the radio for six ten, mm-hmm. asked him. He's like, "Now that you've had time under your belt, Ned Yost pulled his shirt up and showed Cody. He said, I don't have a belt, so there's no time under it. I'm not <laughs> like there's moments like these Dur- during a press conference. He looked at Sam McDowell for the Kansas City Star, and he's like, nice iPad. We're like, what? <laughs> why is he saying that? Yeah. But, he's um, like, a, he's like entered like full dad joke mode. Yeah, yeah. No, the other day he was talking about emojis. He's like, he's like, if you're my age, like you shouldn't be using emojis. It's not. And I kind of thought he'd be a guy who would for some reason. But um, no, I mean, like, I think Ned um, generally enjoy like, even with the media stuff, I think, I, and I spent time, this will be a story in The Athletic that in, in the next probably week, two weeks, but I spent time with his son, who's a minor league coach, um, a couple weeks ago, like a good amount of time and talked to Jeff Foxworthy's brother, who's a oh, good yeah. friend. And it, it's, it'll be, I think, a very, like, enlightening, funny story. But um, I think Ned genuinely enjoys. I mean, he's, he's a Hollywood superstar. That Verizon commercial, right? <laughs> yeah, after he's... falling out of the tree yeah. set, which is crazy. But I, like, I think every day the media stuff and just his—I mean—frustration when he's arguing with umpires. Like, I yeah. this is like who he is. This is what he loves to do. He's an outgoing, um, <laughs> like quick-witted, kind of just crabby guy. That's who he is, and I think he loves to do it. And I, I think if he's okay enduring. More, it's possible to to think that like, hey, he could manage again next yeah. year. I mean, that, that that's the thing people say. You always hear like fire Ned Yost, but like I think Royals fans like what what could a different manager do yeah, for I this group? Completely nothing. agree. Like, yeah, actually, what could a, a different manager nothing. do? How yeah. much does Ned like genuinely? He's not at the plate with these guys. He's not on the mound. But, like, there's only so much one can do. And again. 
they every player in that clubhouse is still bought into his message. So why yeah. like why would you yeah. go against that? Which is how I think of it, and that may not mean maybe somebody might see it differently, and I can understand that. Yeah. But that for me, that's how I view it, and, and I think as long as Ned, he said the other day, he's like. God, this is why I'm drinking 14 cups of these Gatorade coffees a day. This has been so difficult. <laughs> Gatorade coffee? He has these like little green, like, oh, just green like Gatorade cups. Yeah, green little Gatorade cups. Oh, okay. And like every morning and afternoon and night, he has like, it's full of black coffee and he's just chugging it yeah. while he's talking to us. He's like, I have to drink these every day because yeah. of how bad this is. And I can, see, I can see it coming down to a complete overhaul where it's Dayton and Ned leave at the same time. I mean, Dayton's accomplished a lot here in Kansas city. He's got his world series. He built the, the urban youth Academy, which I know for a fact, like other cities and other franchises are trying to model that. And when they are they're they're saying call Dayton more because he did it the right way. And, and I know that he said um, at one point that the Urban Youth Academy was was one of the most important things, he, the second most important thing he ever did in Kansas City behind winning that World Series. So I feel like Dayton's accomplished what he's wanted to, and I, I could see those two kind of leaving together. I think Dayton Moore's got, what, one more year on his contract or something. And, I mean, that's kind of the vibe I get, but... So I I would I'd push back and say I think Dayton's here. Okay. Um, I mean that's do, I, will will I mean will we continue to lose this badly and and keep Dayton? I mean it's different when a manager's there and there's the message that the manager is giving to the team, but some of the messages that Dayton gives to the team aren't really like player friendly and aren't. I mean he's a, he's a very religious guy. He has those anti porn. Yeah, does Lucas Duda have his like Google search history or something that's just like full of porn and that's why he's still on the team? Like that's what we have surmised that okay, he's got he's got his search history. I mean, look, like I Lucas Duda's situation is questionable. Like you can if you're he's a got Royals, dirt, he's got dirt on someone. I'm, I I can't wade into those waters. I'll get a call. Yeah. I'll get a call tomorrow. Yeah. Um like Lucas Duda, that that situation is questionable. Like the Bubba Starling thing, I get it from fans is questionable. Like you, yeah, you Billy wanna, Hamilton, right? Like the there Chris are things, Owens, there are things Owings. you want to see. But again, like to Dayton Moore too, and I'll I'll bring this up. In the business, he is very, very, very respected. Yeah, absolutely. And the in other Kansas day, City, I mean, yes. he comes and talks to major corporations all the time. Yeah. Does speaking events in front of the largest companies in And Kansas he's City. a very, very sharp guy. The other day, the uh, Ken Rosenthal, the athletic reported, the, the Futures game um, among minor league like the the best minor league players uh-huh. and international yeah. players, it's this the futures game, and it used to be international versus national, mm-hmm. and that kind of caused like co- there were some players who were like ah international is better than, and it's now become national versus American. That was Dayton Moore's idea, which is why that champ I mean, he spearheaded that idea on a national major league scale, uh-huh. which I think just proves to like his voice carries in this sphere. I agree. Yeah. And so I get why Kansas City people like right now I get why you could be like. This like this should be the end, but again, like they have drafted really high level talent, and if that talent develops, and in three years you're going to be sitting here like you were in 2013, thinking that look, we might be on the cusp of a next wave. Again, that talent has to be as good as they projected, yeah. and it has to develop and stay healthy. But then again, like if you, I know three years is a long time to wait. I get it. I like three years ago we waited 30. Three years, years ago, so right? Right. Nothing. Right. Three years ago, the athletic didn't exist, so that's like shows the the yeah. t- time element of this but i think like 
genuinely, when I, I get the frustrations, but I do think Dayton specifically will be here for as, as long as he wants to and as long as like this next wave doesn't just really phase yeah. out. And David Glass started. doesn't seem to seem to be in the in the real like wanting to shake things up time of his yeah. life. Right, he's he not seems, exactly. He seems like he's kind of comfortable with. Yeah, that he's one. not like Steve Ballmer out here like sitting on the court <laughs> yeah, yelling yeah. Kawhi. Like it doesn't. It's not how it is. It's not like that at all. Um, and which is fine. I mean, this is a very highly respected organization. And why like make all these moves to become a team like the Mets that just like always in 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 strife? Like you, yeah, yeah. You don't want that. No, I mean. It's, I guess, fun at times to be like, wow. From the outside, yeah. definitely. Yeah, from the but outside. imagine like how dysfunctional that is. And it, yeah. it, like Kansas City has none of that. It's, I think, just a testament to what they've built. Again, you have to win. That's what the, the I mean, that's what this is all about. If you don't win, none of it matters. But mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think this next wave will, will tell the story of, of the future of, of both of those guys. Yeah. And, and, you know, looking towards the future too, like, what's the second half going to look like? Uh, is are, are we going to see Bubba? Are we going to see anybody you know moved at the deadline? Do you think you know what are you seeing you know going forward into the second half? Can we put together a like will our record be better than the first half? Hopefully, I think you'll see Bubba Starling to okay. answer your first question. I think you'll see people moved at the deadline to answer your second question. Um, and then third, will the record be better? Maybe. Yeah. I think like I don't know pr- how it can get worse. Right, like it can't. That would don't be, say it can't yeah, get right. worse, Buddy Bell. <laughs> yeah, that's Buddy right. Bell. Yeah, yeah, I don't know about that. Um, yeah, yeah. I really don't know if I would say it can't get worse <laughs> yeah. with, when you watch some of what has happened in the bullpen. Yeah. Um, but but like I would say again, it's like, do you want the record? Like, do you want to like go on a tear? I think that'd be and maybe fun. that's the Dayton Moore thing, like. Just the fact that he'll never admit that he's trying to lose, or not trying to lose, but okay with losing. Like, and maybe that is part of the stability that he brings and that message. But it would be easier if he was like, "Hey, we're gonna suck this year," and and then we're like, "Okay, that's true." But that, and, and that's that's part know. of it. it's like you. Th- that's the thing though, and I think at the beginning of every. But it could just be that message that he wants. He never right. wants the message to be negative. Exactly, and I think that's part of it. Like if you saw earlier in the season. There was a report from Ken Rosenthal, the Athletic, that like oh God, yes. that like they're con- they want to contend for the second wild card. Yeah, Even ne- yeah. and like, that. but but here's what I'd say is like, what did you? I guess like was Dayton gonna say we're just gonna not even, we're gonna shoot for the bottom of the division? What would the players think of that? Like yeah. they hear these things too. They hear that like the general manager wants them to push, and so if you're trying to ignite fire, that's just like one way to do it. I would yeah. say mm-hmm. and and. Again, doesn't always, just doesn't always work. It doesn't always work, and it is it's frustrating when you sign Billy Hamilton. You're like, we're gonna go against the grain. We're gonna be fast on the bases. We're gonna like zig where everyone's zagging and win a lot of games this year. And then you struggle, and then it's like, well, this was actually always supposed to happen. It's hard to like for fans to grasp that, and it's hard for a lot of people to grasp that. Um, but I do think like if you look at this second half. It, it'll be like the second half last year. You just want to continue to see improvement from guys. And then hopefully a guy like Bubba Starling comes up and gives you production that you're like, wow, like this is awesome it's that a, big, a local kid. It's a big hope. Yeah, it is yeah. It is a big hope for a lot of people, I know. But, um, I mean, look, if players continue to play the way they have, like Billy Hamilton, then there's no other option than to, um, I mean, make moves in terms of to get younger guys in yeah. the fold. That's just – that's how that works, and and I think the second half there will be a lot more highlights than there were in the first. Yeah. If there aren't, then 
it'll even get rough. tougher. <laughs> a couple quick ones before we wrap up here. Um, Scogland, his suspension's over. When it, what is his timeline? Are you allowed to work out with any team officials while you're suspended, or what? What, what is his timeline? Is he coming up soon? Or? So he um he you you get like a, a rehab assignment specific amount of time, and he did. He had like I think two starts at Double A Northwest Arkansas, and then I think two in Omaha at AAA, and he wasn't very good. Okay. I mean, he just wasn't very good. They could have brought him up. I think like two weeks ago when his suspension ended, they could have brought him up and activated him for sure. He just wasn't very good. And there, I mean, I don't think they thought he was ready to pitch in, okay. in the major league clubhouse, but I mean, he's a guy, there are other guys. Like I wonder about Cal Zimmer has been a guy that they've sent down there and he's <laughs> oh, Cal Zimmer. And, yeah. No, no, and like, it's, it's funny, but like they've sent him down. He's been in a little, been like the talk of the minors for like <laughs> Five, longer than you've five, been writing. I thought you were going to say seven, five years. It's been like eight. So, um, But no, like they brought him up and he struggled a little. They sent him down and he's he's been really good. Josh Stallmount's another guy Rose fans don't really know, but will probably be up at some point in the okay. second half. And so there are some of these pitchers. Like I think, too, if you look at the bullpen right now, like it, th- these are not guys who are going to be here in the future. They're just not. They're yeah. just kind of placeholders bridging the gap from one era to another doing their job. And a lot of these young guys, like if you look at Brady singer, Jackson Coar, the 2018 draft picks, um, they're at both at double a Northwest. They're both pitching really well. Daniel Lynch was on fire and then has struggled with a little arm discomfort. And then there's a couple other pitchers that have been really good. That will be kind of fast track because they were all college guys. Mm -hmm. And I think you'll see those by the end of, next year probably okay. and then you start to think about 2021 like if the talent has developed this is when you start to see them kind of push maybe go out and add a few guys yeah. cool that's all i got what do, do you did you want to ask about mondesi is there contract talks oh with yeah mondesi? i have not heard anything but like you have to think that um i mean they're very happy with the progression i mean yeah. look he 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 was injured for a, a little span i think with the right groin mm-hmm. I'll say that that was very, very precautionary. If you were pushing for a pl- – like yeah, he could have probably fought through that. But especially same with Dozier with the right oblique. It's yeah. like why do you want – why would you want to push injuries at a time when like you just know you're not competing yeah, for right. anything as, as terrible as that is to say? Um, in terms of modesty, I mean I think that has to come sooner rather than later. He's a guy that has proven he has power, speed. Yeah. And ability at shortstop, and I mean, I mean he was on the freaking fifteen World Series yeah. roster. Yeah, roster. It, it is crazy, especially with his age. I mean, he's twenty three. It's like yeah. he's a year older than me, and I experience. forget that. Like, I'm sitting here at, at a Starbucks writing, and he's in the batter's box against Max Scherzer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. exactly. Well, thanks for your time, Alec. It was a lot of fun. We'll have to have you on and talk some Mizzou football maybe in the fall or something like that. Get ready for it. Definitely. I'd be down. Uh, we'll, <laughs> I guess we'll see if they can play in a bowl game. I yeah, think we're, yeah. all, we're all waiting there. And um, I'll say, like, I'm very impressed by what Barry Odom has done. And Missouri people should be very impressed. It's been – I didn't expect them to – Get a guy like Kelly Bryant and expect yeah. them to bounce back like they have, right. losing Drew Locke. Uh, but they've done it, and I'd, I'd definitely be down. But thank you guys for having me. This yeah. was fun. All right, thanks, Alec. All right, so a big uh, thanks again to Alec Lewis for coming on. 
Uh, really fun interview. I'm just laughing because we couldn't get Alec to stop screaming <laughs> into the he's microphone. A, he's a loud talker. He's a loud talker. We, it was a ton of fun to have in there. Yeah, he was great. But we're in a conference room at Danny's office, and I was like, oh, we thought a receptionist might come over and like tell us to quiet hey, down. Shh, quiet down in here. <laughs> but he, probably, he brought the energy. Yeah, he brought the energy. Uh, had some really good stories too, which was a ton of fun. Yeah, he's great. Uh, I love the Ned stories. Like I just love thinking about you know Ned Yost picking on this you know fresh college. Grad. I, I thought Alec Lewis was like I thought he was twenty six or something. Yeah, like just right out of college, and now you got to go in there, and here's Ned Yost. It's just, basically just. This is just hounding you. Yeah. <laughs> Telling yeah. you how to do your job. Dad, Ned is in full dad mode. <laughs> yeah. Full on dad mode. So thanks again, Alec, for coming on. That was a ton of fun. Uh, and so now, uh, as we do, we like to talk about what did we try this week. Sometimes it's a restaurant. Sometimes it's uh, a, a ball bar. game, a bar. Could be anything. Uh, this week, uh, I'll start here. And I tried bartending uh i bartended a wedding which i've never done before wow and uh let me tell you it's a ton of fun bartending a wedding there's a lot of pressure too a lot of pressure quick it's a volume your volume guy yeah big time volume and you have your your rushes so like when everyone gets their Mm. big rush then everyone sits down for uh speeches and speeches and then dinner and then you know another rush at dinner when people are coming to get their plates they're going to come get drinks and then once dinner's over and they release people again, another rush. Yeah. So kind of in spurts, but it was a ton of fun. Uh, made some good tips. Hey, too. there you go. I know, exactly. Uh, and so it was, we, we set up and that took some labor. And then we just made drinks. They let us drink while we bartended. Mm. Uh, so we're, we're just drinks drinking. Drinks get like real sloppy towards yeah. the end of the night. <laughs> yeah. And I was the only one. I, I bartended with my friends Jack and Sean. I'm the only one who's ever bartended ever. So I'm like trying to teach them how to actually pour. Mm. They're the count? Just, yeah. The count. Yeah. Yeah. And they're just like, by the end of it, just like half of the cup is just liquor. I'm like, okay. Well, that's aggressive. So I'm imagining in my head like... Adam Sandler with the perm from a wedding singer. And it's a completely <laughs> different job, but like you getting on the mic, like hammered afterwards. Like, Somebody kill me, please. No, so that's not what happened. But here's what I learned. Like hanging out with Jack and Sean, who are these big, uh, or not big, but tall, slim, handsome dudes. And oh, then here's yeah. me standing next to them, mm. looking like a chump. And by the end <laughs> of the night, uh, girls are coming up to, to Jack and they're like, hey, uh, my friend thinks you're really cute and wants, to, wants you to come dance with her. <laughs> and so Jack's like, takes his apron off. He's yeah. like, yeah, okay, okay, I'm out there. Done. He's out there dancing. Then the girl's mom he's dancing with comes over to us and is like, is, is Jack a good guy? Like, <laughs> <laughs> we're like, yeah, like Jack's the best. He's the best dancer too. Look at him out there cutting a rug. So yeah. now. We're like having a conversation with the stranger's yeah. mom. So you didn't get invited to no, dance? No, I did not get invited uh. to dance. I was standing next to guys four inches taller than me and mm-hmm. like 20 pounds slimmer than me. Mm. <laughs> well, that's a good so, thing. Yeah, but good it was experience. a ton of fun. It's fun to see I, I would start my side. own bartending business just to bartend weddings. Yeah. Because you, you didn't, we didn't even have to clean up. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. I, I, no guys, well, maybe guys would, but we wouldn't. Ask girl bartenders at a wedding to dance with no, us. No, I wouldn't. Oh, oh, I wouldn't. We wouldn't have the confidence to. No, I've seen. Well, well we talked to yeah, the wedding uh, Sarah Quinlevin, who yeah. said, you know, the wedding planners get hit on though. Yeah, yeah, all the time. <laughs> yeah. So what? Uh, what did you try this week? So as you know, we were at the lake last week. I was at the lake for far too long, 
And so what I tried this week was driving home from the lake really, really, really mm, hungover. After a week. Yeah, of being after a week. There. And normally I pawn that off on, on another friend or I try to ride passenger. And let me say this. It might be better in the long run driving home from the lake. I agree. Than riding passenger because, um, those windy roads. Yeah. On the lake roads. Seven. When yeah. you're driving, you're in control. Driving through Tightwad, population 69. Yeah. <laughs> but you're in control and you, you can kind of control the, uh, the, the, you can you're anticipate ready for everything. The, yeah, yeah, the turns and the hills and everything. The passengers are not. And so I had a passenger, my cousin Benny. Uh, we had to pull over the, on the, the side Mayor of the Voldo, road. You heard him on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> on the side of the road for Benny to absolutely <laughs> rout. Just call the dinosaurs I mean, in. <laughs> he, and he told me, he was like, yeah, when I'm outside and I get to puke, like I just let it rip and just scream as loud as I yeah. can. And I'm in there just, uh, of course, I'm Snapchatting Benny uh, doing this, but he's just screaming at the top of his lungs as he's puking yeah. on the side of the road. And and um, so driving might be easier. Kev, what do you think? Uh, well, I rode in the back seat, and uh, so I didn't have to drive, which was nice. Uh, but you don't get as much AC flow back there, so you start getting the cold sweats going yeah. back there. Uh, and I made it all the way to the McDonald's in Clinton, Missouri. It's a classic stop. Yeah, shout out T-Bone. <laughs> Great hometown, T- T-Bone, Clinton, Missouri. And I made it to the McDonald's, found a dumpster, and just hid <laughs> behind it. And just, I called my own dinosaur, just Ralph. Just and, puking behind and, a dumpster yeah. at a McDonald's in Clinton, Missouri. Yeah. Life is going well. Yeah, it's going great. And then I had a egg McMuffin and a hash brown Powerade. Felt great. There you yeah, go. Yeah, felt great yeah. after that. So just be careful on those yeah, lake dri- driving, driving home from the lake is not as bad. You have to stay alert. Um, you have to stay focused, and I think that maybe helped the hangover a little yeah, bit. Yeah, so maybe, you know, if you're okay to volunteer. drive, volunteer, and it might work out. So um, that was what we tried this week, a little something different. Uh, and now <laughs> let's talk about, uh, like we do, when anybody likes Kansas City, we're pumped about it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if we've been as excited about people liking us uh, than in this World Cup. Because yeah. it's just uh, power and light has been buzzing, and it's getting a ton of play during the broadcast. Too. Yeah, every every national um, broadcast, you know, there was that like every time they went to commercial break, they showed yeah. Kansas City Power and Light mm-hmm. District, and it always said Kansas City, Missouri, and it like they showed like Brooklyn, and it looked like people sitting in like a living room, like there were right. people sitting down. There was it didn't have the same feel. They showed other places. Nothing was like Kansas City, no. Missouri. So they kept on going back there. Yeah, it was an incredible visual because everyone's just red, white, and blue. Uh, Nate Bucati's just losing his mind, yeah. waving the yeah. flag on stage. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, just people towered on both decks just going oh, absolutely Oh, it was nuts. Insane. And I saw a couple people online, um, just trolls online, saying like, yeah, that's because you know everyone's there because there's nothing better to do in Kansas City on a Sunday. Hello. Uh, yeah. The peanut on Maine. Like, <laughs> yeah, there's there, plenty there, of other things to, to do, do. <laughs> on, on a Sunday in Kansas City. Right. Mainly go to the peanut on Maine. Exactly. But, uh, what, and it wasn't just that Sunday. It was, you know, even what do we have like Friday afternoon games, uh-huh. Thursday morning Tuesday. games, and, and it was still packed. Yeah. Uh, so 2026 FIFA, look yeah, at us. Couldn't have gone better. Yeah. Exactly. We're, you know, TV ratings were right. Uh, we're in we were first like one or two. For, yeah. Uh, the top markets watching. So, hey, FIFA, yeah. 
Look at Arrowhead. Yeah. She's beautiful. They, they got to do it. Yeah, especially – I think Kansas City will be ready. We'll have the new airport. Yeah. We'll have hosted the draft. I think we'll be ready for the yeah, World Cup I by then. Too. So why don't you come on? Come Pizza? on. Come on. Come on. You'll like us. <laughs> uh, so if that's people like us, uh, next, uh, again, a, a segment we always approach reverently uh, to talk about our Lord and Savior, Patrick Mahomes. Mm. And he was on Jimmy Kimmel tonight, and he's going to be on the ESPYs. Or last night, so that was Monday night he was uh-huh. on Kimmel. ESPYs on Wednesday night. And, uh, I mean, he's just Pat Mahomes. He, he, he gave cr- a, he gave a very Pat Mahomes interview he, on he's Kimmel. He's so good at being cliche. Yeah. And that's he's, okay. Yeah. He's not quite there as far as like his storytelling. He still looks a little nervous mm-hmm. on like the Kimmel and then he was yeah. on Fallon earlier. Still looks a little nervous. We'll see how he does at the ESPYs on Wednesday. We'll already know if you're listening to this on Thursday because like he's got to win NFL player. Of yeah. The year, right. Yeah. He's but, got to. um, but yeah, he's still getting there, which, I just adore. And <laughs> I think like him being uh the way he is and not just like fully cocky and confident and just like just down rooted, still yeah. down to earth. Yeah, yeah, he's still very much down to yeah. earth and he still feels like it it's an honor to be on these stages and, and it's still really cool for him. So yeah. I, I love it. Couldn't, and, couldn't be yeah, and still like uh, because he's uh not controversial or anything like that. Yeah. They still are asking him about, oh, so your dad played baseball. Yeah, of course. Like, Kim will ask <laughs> exactly. That. Like, that's so overplayed. But uh, the coolest part was uh, they called on an audience member and he gets up. I don't remember how they introduced him. Just and as they're a like, Chiefs just fan. A, yeah, they're like, oh, there's some two Chiefs fans sitting front row right there. Yeah. And, he's, and they gave him a mic. He's like, I'm David from Raytown. <laughs> no, I think he showed his uh, tattoo off first. And they go, where are you from, David? Raytown. I was like, yeah. I fucking knew it. <laughs> I knew it, David. I've been to Raytona Beach, David. <laughs> and uh, I, I think he, he got the tattoo in Raytown, lost a bet. Yeah, or he something. lost a bet. He thought that Pat Mahomes wasn't going to be good. No. No, he he made the bet. I mean, who would think yeah, that? Who would think that first, <laughs> Kev? I think you yeah, owe us a tattoo. Yeah, but um, I think he made the bet, and it's like such a typical Chiefs fan bet. The bet was we will never draft a franchise mm-hmm. QB ever, which yeah. is like I mean, one if you, of the if, safest bets yeah, in sports. Because if you would have made that bet in nineteen. Or, or I guess when we Since drafted Lynn Lindy, Dawson, Lynn Dawson. <laughs> then you we were been, the Houston Texans. Yeah, then you would have been good on that bet. Uh, Dallas, Texas. But yeah, pretty hilarious. And I just love the, where are you from? Raytown? Yeah. 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 Nailed it. <laughs> Absolutely. And then, and then Mahomes ended up going down there and signing the guys oh, back. Yeah. And so the guy is going back to the tattoo parlor to basically stitch mm. over or not stitch, but ink over yeah. Pat's Sharpie tattoo. Yeah. 16 or hours signature. straight getting that tattoo that's insane <laughs> that's insane tattoo people are yeah crazy. and uh yet i mean like we talked about two weeks ago uh the chiefs fan base ranked number 31 yeah <laughs> that's all i gotta say to that uh <laughs> uh let's go let's go with news from the northland next because uh, we had uh quite the quite the morning in uh the northland at a dmv in parkville yeah dmv in parkville a woman walks in Listen, we've all been there. We all hate the DMV. She walks into the DMV. She sees old people. She sees babies. She says, this is unacceptable. Yeah, is there no, there's got to be a check-in online. I know there is in Johnson County. Oh, well, 
She said, she walks in. She says, I need to be taken care of immediately. She asks to talk to the boss. The boss isn't there. She says, the president's security was in danger. Well, um, then someone's got to talk to her. Here's, and then, and then, so then she walks out. Did she out. think that was going to get her to the front of the Maybe. line, I wonder? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but then she walks out. She's obviously a little, a little off, but she walks out, pulls a gun out of her purse. Fires a couple into Just the air. Into the air. <laughs> fires a couple into a mulch bed real close out of frustration. You know. Sometimes you just got to do it. Gets uh, arrested. <laughs> yeah. So a DMV pop. A DMV pop. But, I mean, I can uh, I can understand this woman if, you know, if she didn't have a fully charged cell phone. If yeah. you go into the DMV and you don't have a fully charged cell phone to look at while you wait, then... Mm-hmm. I might react the same way. Yeah, or if you had been like she just walked in and was pissed off. Like, <laughs> yeah. like you got to at least let it fester for a yeah, few hours. You like, like, have some numbers get called up, and then it takes like four calls, and then the person stands up and goes, and "Yeah, like, what the hell?" And then, or if you're not paying attention and your number gets called, and there's that moment of panic, where like, "Oh shit, I forgot." Oh, <laughs> uh, well, okay. And then you don't have the right form, and then you, yeah. you realize oh, you're yeah. gonna have you to never go have the right form. Yeah, dude. that's when you get. That's, That's when, when you start DMV popping off. off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but to just walk in there. Yeah. President security is at risk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then I'm no. going to shoot some no, rounds. You got to, you got to deal with some more pain more than that. So. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so that is some news from the Northland. Uh, and then next we have, uh, one of our new favorite segments. Uh, what is good in the neighborhood? So, uh, this week it is brought to us via the neighborhood app and, uh, what, what neighborhood? Casey, just Casey Mo? Uh, I, I think it's Northland. Let me check my sources here. Uh, but lo- while I check my sources, Dan, do you want to go ahead and read us what Debbie uh, had to say about so the Northland? So this is Debbie, and this is her post. The fact remains, this activity is illegal. Whether or not you agree, uh, whether you agree or not, here are the facts for fireworks in Kansas City, where we live. Kansas City Mo, legality, not legal. <laughs> Hours never restrictions. Celebratory gunfire is also prohibited. And here's where here's where Debbie gets into Buckle it. up. Buckle up, folks. If you are teaching your kids to engage in this criminal behavior, then don't get on them if they start selling drugs, robbing a bank, or killing murder. <laughs> They're all against the law. Set the example for your kids. Say it from the top, Debbie. Love it. If you're teaching your kids to engage in this criminal behavior, then don't get upset (laughs) when they start selling drugs, robbing banks, which robbing banks, I don't think that's a thing anymore, but yeah, or killing people. (laughs) I mean, what a jump because we did just have 4th of July. So if you let your kids shoot off fireworks, murderers, well, where's Tom Cruise? (laughs) Lock them up, Kevin, because they're turning into murderers. No one is above the law. No one, and that was sent into us from Kyle Richardson uh, at Rio Nineteen. You know Kyle? Yeah, I know Kyle. Okay, shout out Kyle. Thanks for the tip, the hot tip from the Northland. But yeah, but she definitely thought she was like she definitely thought she was Tom Cruise, like giving that speech at yeah. the end of A Few Good Men. Like <laughs> that's how she's imagining herself in her head as she's typing this out on the neighborhood app. Yeah, it's just. I mean, again, letting your kids shoot off fireworks and she takes that jump to them becoming murderers. It's not even a slow gradual. It's like fireworks, drugs, robbing a bank, murder. Yeah. Unbelievable. And while we're on the subject of fireworks, can we just agree they suck? Yeah. 
Uh, I'm, I, I agree with you. Okay. <laughs> Dang it. I thought you didn't. No. I thought you were a firework guy. I, I'm not a firework guy. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I mean. Okay. When they are professionally done at the Royals game yeah, for a 15 cool. minute display. Yeah. Really like time cool. to music. Yeah. Yes. Very cool. When they're just random dynamite pieces, little water dynamite popping off 10 feet from you, that sucks. Yeah. Or when it takes two hours to shoot. The same amount of fireworks, or like half the amount of fireworks they shoot at yeah. Kaufman. Yeah. It's just, it's a disaster. I, I don't know. I, who, I yeah. agree with you. Okay. Dang it. <laughs> I thought you didn't. I'm sure there's people out there who don't agree with me. But yeah, I'm, I'm anti-fireworks. And uh, that, I, well, we, we've set some kind of unpatriotic yeah, stances yeah. these last Yeah. Week. People got on me at work about the uh, national anthem take that we had last week. Yeah. Because uh, they were like, hey, that's in honor of the troops. And I was like, oh, man, I forgot about that. We are honoring the troops. Yeah, because we don't do it like 16 other times we throughout the honor NFL the game. troops. And I thought that was a good point that we should honor the troops. Uh, but fireworks, if it's not professionally done, it, I don't like it. Sure. So it's not for me. But. Uh, that's all we have to wrap it up this week. Thanks again uh, to Alec Lewis from The Athletic. Uh, we're excited. Uh, next week, we're going to be sitting down with Mick Schaefer, the sports director at 41 Action News. Uh, that should be a lot of fun. Uh, go if, ahead. If you don't ahead. know who Mick Schaefer is, just follow him on Twitter. Yeah, he's, he's got he's or a fantastic. Watch the 10 o'clock news. Yeah, 41 Action he's News. He's hilarious on that, and he does a really great job. Uh, so tune in next week. Uh, be sure to like us on uh, or follow us on Instagram and Twitter at State Your Line. Check us out on iTunes. Give us five stars. Leave a rating. And uh, other than that, uh, thanks for listening. We'll see you around Kansas City.